0: This, this is, is too Profesh. Three, two, one, two, three, four. We're listening to the Late Registration Podcast, a podcast that inspires teachers, administrators, and parents to grow in their knowledge, skills, and abilities while working towards creating more accessible and equitable educational spaces. I'm your hosts, Ashley and Michelle, for educators, moms, and SEL fanatics, and we are obsessed with empowering the next generation of leaders. Join us as we change the narrative on misbehavior and discuss all things education, including building connections, restorative practices, behavior, and social-emotional learning. Are you ready? Let's go.
1: Welcome to the Late Registration Podcast. This is Ashley. And I'm Michelle. And we are here today with Dinah Portia, and she is the owner of Dynamite Speech Therapy Services. And so I'm just going to kick it off and ask you, tell us a little bit about your background and how Dynamite came to be.
2: I feel like it's such a long story, but basically I worked in the school system for 20 years and decided... um, of course, there were lots of things in between, but there were things that I wanted to focus on that I could not truly focus on in the school. Right. Um, and I really wanted to be able to work with parents more, um, be able to give them direct feedback consistently, whereas it was just getting to the point where you're so busy mm-hmm. in schools that sometimes that's just kind of left out yeah yeah. So,
1: yeah once a year maybe. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah.
2: So I started um, just thinking about and of course even now I have all of these goals and um, but I'm really passionate about social skills and pragmatic language, executive function skills, reading and literacy, which in the schools separately, we work on those things but not specifically. So I really wanted that to be the focus. And so I have plans for different groups and things where um just settings and um groups that we can't always create right. in the school system. Within the so, schools, yeah. Exactly. And um so from that kind of dream, I guess I I just started to think about oh, what would this look like? And um I just decided to jump out and do it after all of that time. (laughs) Good for you. Has it been a good move for you? It has been a very good move. Good. Initially, I mean, of course, any business, it grows slowly. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I didn't really know what to expect. And I talked to other people who were in private practice and um worked with a mentor who is great. That's amazing. Um, oh, that's a good idea. And yeah. so as as ideas started coming along, initially I was still working in the schools and I started out just part-time okay. after school sessions. Um and that was great. I was like, oh you know clients are coming in, it's going really well. And then I just started to think, you know, I I could do this. I could really jump out and do it. And I do, I I think some people start off with the idea that, oh, I like this population and I'm staying with this age group. And I've always been one that I've worked with adults. I love working with adults. I've worked with three-year-olds. I love working with three-year-olds. I've worked with school age. I love working with school age. I've worked with adolescents. I love working with adolescents. So (laughs) I kept trying to think, you know, do I narrow the the, the population or do I just go for it? And so I decided initially, well, since I'm doing part-time after school, I'll see what I get and then we'll go from there. And so initially I thought, oh, I'm only going to see kids. I'll only do like you know, I was thinking maybe like three through 15 or something. But then I thought, well, why limit it? (laughs) Because it's helping me to grow as a clinician. So I it's like, well, it's nothing, but, you know, once someone comes in, it's the research and and finding out how can I help to support them. And just from the speech standpoint, I know the communication part. So I've Found myself kind of just welcoming anyone, <laughs> adults, children. Like, come on, let's see what's going on, and we'll go from there. So that's it's, really neat. That is, this.
0: yeah,
1: and I, yeah. Thanks.
0: I have a question because I have always thought, um, you know, I'm an old lady, so. <laughs> If when I went to college, it's like, I didn't even know what speech language pathology was. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what occupational therapy was. And the more I dive into social, emotional learning, Mm -hmm. behavior, those types of things, the more I'm like, man, they get to do that. Like, I think if I could like rewind time and go back and just, you know, have Google to Google things, because Mm -hmm. I didn't have that in high school, then I would love to do that. But when you say that you can focus more on things in your private practice that you couldn't necessarily in school? Like, what kind of things can you focus on that helps kids and teens and adults?
2: I think mostly, or where I really see it, um, when in schools, when we're working on social communication, a lot of times you see those social skills groups, but of course we're still trying to hit that educational need Mm -hmm. Um, And it goes so far beyond just the academic piece. So um, I I find myself really being able to think about what's going on in the community. And of course, as a speech pathologist, we're always thinking about functional needs. But um, we, of course, in the school, you kind of narrow into what's going on in this setting, in this environment. Um, That's true. Okay. Yes. So So what are they having
0: trouble with at school is what you focus on. uh, Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Okay. I didn't think about it like that.
2: I didn't either. And now it's more worse. There were definitely times that I would talk to parents to say, you know, how is this impacting you at home when you're, you know, meeting with grandma and she can't understand what your child is saying? Like, uh, that's definitely an impact. We'll work on that. Um, We'll work on talking to unfamiliar people. But now the... The fo- it's definitely a wider focus where we can talk about oh well if we need to go to the grocery store and do this we can do that we if we need to practice with making phone calls we can do that whereas you could do that in school but it doesn't it's not quite goal, fit into right exactly and I a just, lot more
0: hoops to jump through Yes. Uh-huh. yeah and to find the time to do
1: that yes because that, you the, have you have those minutes a few <laughs> precious the, minutes yeah mm-hmm. I didn't even think about, and I was thinking more so when you mentioned your passion for literacy and the social skills and pragmatic and executive functioning, that those things to me seem addressed in silos at schools. Like even when my son was having um, speech issues, he was also having social issues. But to me, I was like, oh, well, the counselor will deal with the social issues or the reading specialist will deal with the literacy issues, Mm -hmm. whereas now that he's in private speech, I see so much that all of those things are are improving, um, but I would never have thought in my head that speech would be the reason for it, because mm-hmm. I guess I just had such a narrow view of what a speech-language mm-hmm. pathologist did, um, so this this is really enlightening as well, just yeah. kind of thinking about our my own process with my own child um, and where he is today. Yeah, yes. so.
0: in my background in SPED, it was... Um, Things like, you know, swallowing and tongue tie Mm -hmm. and, you know, things like that. So Mm -hmm. when I hear speech, that's or like maybe they have a lisp or, you know, problems, you know, forming words. So it's interesting um, to hear you mention executive functioning because Ashley and I are huge proponents of (laughs) this (laughs) and, um, you know, because we have kids and It's just so incredibly important those executive functioning skills. Um, So, what is the link between speech, language, and communication and executive functioning that you can um, address?
2: A lot of times, because speech is so innate to us, we're we're just talking and communicating, but we don't think about the processes of stopping and planning and prioritizing the impulsivity you have to manage to Mm -hmm. be able to not interrupt during a conversation so it becomes such a huge social piece and i think because we separate it it's like executive function skills and social skills and most times people don't think about them as connected. Right. And so if you break it down and think about the fact that if I'm having a conversation with you, you have to listen, you have to plan what you respond, you have to, like I said, not be impulsive. Um, the prioritizing, telling a story. There are so many times that you have that friend who's telling a story and there are all these random irrelevant pieces it's in me. there. I'm the friend. It's like, oh, let's narrow that. Let's pull it back in. So, And of course, that's the thing. We all do it right. without really thinking about it. So it's like, oh, well, why do I need to work on executive marketing right. deals? Right. Once you're once you're with that person and you notice, oh, this is not going smoothly, we really need to work on refining some things. Yes. then it's like, oh, that's what we need to work on. And I think because when people think about executive function skills, the, the usually the thing that they think about is like that impulsivity mm-hmm. and being yes. able to manage a task and right. you know, and it's so much more than that. So when it It becomes just it it's such a big part of communication, right because once you start breaking down even speech, it's kind of like um when even working on articulation and once we get to the point where we're trying to generalize a particular sound. Um, students are like, oh, but I'm not thinking about it then. And and it's like, well, exactly, because you're just talking, talking. But we have to manage thinking about producing that sound correctly, because I know you can do it in isolation. But then when you're speaking to someone, you also have to have that little nugget in the back of your mind to correct that sound. Think about the sound before you make it. So in the same way, when you're communicating, telling a story, having a conversation Asking questions, you have to think about those executive function skills because you have to be able to manage. Let's plan and prioritize these things. Um, the organization is a big part because, I mean, we, we all come across ramblers who yeah. just, just go all <laughs> That's kinds me. of ways. I'm the... <laughs> and I'm, I'm really bad at it. <laughs> and I'll find myself going off on tangents and then I have to pull back to what's the central topic? But um, it's it's yeah. just when once you think about it, we know all of these people, and you don't think of it as, oh, he's got disordered speech. But it's like, oh, there are strategies there are, that yeah. we know that can we can work on to help this.
0: I never <laughs> thought of it that way,
1: and I don't know why I never thought of it that way. But that makes so much sense. It does. <laughs> it really does. And you think about like people who are really gifted speakers or even Mm -hmm. I'm even thinking like comedians, that timing and that knowing just Mm -hmm. how much to put in there and, and to, to elicit a response from other people. Mm -hmm. I just, it's kind of amazing because I'm just thinking of my own background as a language arts teacher. Um, you know, I was so focused on getting my students to be you know uh, precise and succinct in their writing. Um, that I really never paid attention to when they're talking in class or, or things like that, or giving a, a book report or, or anything. I was so focused on what was on the paper, the paper. Mm-hmm. you know, and even when reading a book, I'm like, Oh, this author really put too much in here. I'm, I'm lost or I need, I need more detail, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's just all these things that I think are sort of intertwined that I guess I never thought about. And so I guess and I kind of asked this earlier, but you mentioned the literacy and language linked, um, what correlations do you see between the two of those? And that,
2: as you were speaking then, <laughs> I was thinking about because the written language and spoken language mm-hmm. are so connect, so closely connected. Right. And a lot of times we do see people who write similar to the way that they speak. <laughs> and you know, it's like, oh, you, you have just verbal diarrhea right. going on there. And they write the same way where it's like, okay, let's get this narrowed in. Um, and then, of course, we work a lot on the phonological awareness piece, and so where when you think about articulation mm-hmm. and speech, those are so closely connected. But then, when we go into the language processing and understanding what you're reading right. if if you're you know already not fluently putting sentences together. And then you're trying to comprehend what you're reading. Then we're going to have a disconnect the there, yeah. and and it's oh, very wow. similar <laughs> yeah. with communication. If you you know if you're not processing that information, then we're we're going to have a little right. difficulty with right. comprehending what's happening. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm like I know so many kids and me who need speech language.
1: Right. <laughs> well, I keep thinking of when I would. Teach the, um, I guess back then it was tax test, you know. Uh-huh, and the uh-huh. seventh grade writing was write a, you know, personal essay or whatever, and every kid would write about going to Six Flags, and they would start at six thirty in the morning. Beep, beep, beep. My dad's <laughs> telling me to get in the car, and they would go through the entire day. And I was like, I just want to hear about what you liked about Six Flags, yeah. a specific event that happened uh-huh. at Six Flags. So getting them to that point too, because in their head, when they're telling the story, they're telling everything. We stopped yes. at Seven Eleven. 11 We did. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, just think, oh my goodness.
0: <laughs> and I think that too, because I can be a little literal. Mm-hmm. And I think like with neuro, neurodiversity, like that's also a thing. So like, mm-hmm. if you ask me a question, I don't necessarily read, like, I will answer most some, I, I've gotten better, like, as yeah. I'm no, I an adult, but like, I will literally answer what you asked me when it could be uh, like a completely different context. Right. And it's like, okay, yeah, but, or like, um, oh, well, did, um, did Smith have good, my son Smith, does he have good attendance at school? And I, instead of just saying yes, I would say yes. I mean, you know, sometimes we, because it's like, well, yes, he does have good attendance, but like I feel like I have to put in every detail. Mm-hmm. I know. To express myself. <laughs> and it's like my brain is exploding. But you, but over oh. here. And
2: then as an adult, you have that ability to self-monitor. Mm-hmm. But yes. then of course we have so many children who have not yet developed that. Yeah. And I think because people kind of see it as oh, that you know, that's kind of broad and how, how could you work on that? You know, how, how can you improve that? And once you realize, oh, it's, it's definitely practice. And, and that's a lot of what it is mm-hmm. learning and strategies and it's practice, practice, practice and practice beyond therapy, whether it's in the school or private. And I think that's the biggest thing to remind people of yeah. doing that homework. It, it, you have to practice right. and practice and practice.
0: So if I'm, cause I'm just sitting here, I'm thinking, you know, I mean, I've been around people receiving speech services for 20 some years, mm-hmm. just, you know, professionally. And my, one of my kids received speech services and I have never thought about like on the other side of it. So if I'm, I am a parent, but how would I know? Cause I'm, my mind is being blown. <laughs> As someone who's been around it and exposed <laughs> to it, you know, and I know maybe a third of the acronyms already, you know all of that uh-huh. kind of stuff, so if I am just a parent who isn't involved in education or special education or you know any of that kind of stuff, how would I know what kinds of things would I look for in order to like oh maybe we no, need to
2: this is a concern yeah. Mm-hmm. Most times, looking for how it impacts. Uh, Many times, it's like, oh, there's trouble in school, and so we know there's some academic trouble, Um, and then you're doing all of these things. We're going to do tutoring over here, and we're going to do this, and we're going to work on this, and then you come to the point where, oh, I'm not really seeing the progress, but those are the only things that you know to do so then no one thinks oh let's think beyond that right who else could we consult with and and that's i think that's the point that a lot of people get to but that and that's the biggest thing that i would encourage when you get to that point where these things aren't working or you may see some improvement but oh it's not um, I just recently, I had someone to come in with pragmatic language concerns. And it was the same thing where, you know, I'm not sure that this is a problem, but okay, I'm can seeing Can I stop these, you real yes. quick?
0: So I'm sorry. Um, do you mind telling us what pragmatic language is? Because I think I know, but now I'm thinking maybe I don't know what that is. <laughs> you probably do know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's,
2: it's basically social communication. So it's okay. knowing... How to communicate with someone and knowing how to respond, kind of knowing the rules of, of social okay. communication. Okay. So, not only, I think mo- a lot of people think about the reciprocity part, which is a big part of it. Yeah. So, um, it's like the conversation skills, being able to realize, recognize when to say something and how to say it. In this setting, I may say this. You know, I can just say it bluntly, but in a different setting, I may say it a little more gently because of the people who are around. Um, being able to judge things that you would do with a friend versus someone that you just met—those mm-hmm. um, those kinds of rules of communication—so that is uh, so huge. Uh
1: huh. It's a big.
2: It is big piece. really big. Yeah. And a, a, a question that we get often is, "What's the difference between pragmatic language and social skills?" Because a lot of times they're just kind of grouped together, and it's it's really difficult to explain the difference. But once you're working with it, it's kind of, it's like that. That's it. <laughs> it's that difference yeah. that I'm talking about. But basically, with social skills, you're you're kind you know what to do. You just can't implement that okay. and it's like okay we're going to work together to figure out how you can implement these things but with pragmatic language you realize oh you don't know exactly what, what? to say okay. in this situation you don't know how to initiate with me to have this to turn out the way that you want it to so we go back to the beginning to talking about some of those self-monitoring skills where it's like okay you have to realize that this is going poorly and you have to do something differently. Yeah. And and a lot of times, when when it's a true issue, the the child or sometimes adolescent has no idea. And and so it becomes, you know, you're having these awkward interactions, and no one knows why. But it's like, oh, there's something we have to look for. What else is going on? Interesting.
1: So, yes. That is interesting.
0: I feel like every everyone needs speech. <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking, should this be taught like with phonics when you're, because I mean, honestly, like I could say I would be hard pressed to think of a kid I haven't worked with that couldn't benefit from those types of skills.
2: I remember going into, when I was still in the schools, going into, I would go into fourth grade classrooms and co-teach with one of the teachers and we would do full Pragmatic, but well, more like social communication, I would probably say, because they weren't pragmatic students. But just with her gen ed class, I would go in and work on pragmatic skills. And some of the, she was always floored by some of the responses and realizing that, oh, I thought this person was fairly, you know, they're, they're verbal and they talk so much. But then when we're really looking at a skill, they are struggling so
1: mm -hmm. I mean think about a lot of the behavior issues that we're seeing in schools could be alleviated from that intervention early on you know just Mm -hmm. if that was part of like how you said how you came in as part of kind of like how the counselor pushes in for guidance kind of the same thing Mm -hmm. I mean that would just open up and you think back we we keep
0: talking about "Quote unquote pandemic babies" Uh and how they're lacking in social skills. Maybe it's not exactly the social skills, but it's the pragmatic, Pragmatic. the back Mm -hmm. and they don't have
1: the clue that
0: outside of your close
2: family and friends. Mm -hmm. And that's that's very true because sometimes you see that oh this is accepted within your house right, but that doesn't make it the right thing to do and sometimes we have to talk about the difference yes. between oh maybe you do this at home but we don't do this in school or we don't do this when we're with Miss Dinah. in yeah, the right. you know? and it, so it's definitely situational um and but you do it it becomes necessary to point out those differences not to say like your family's different, but just to point out those differences, right. that, that's a home yeah. thing, but you know, we, we don't do it that way.
0: Outside, outside of the home. house. Right. I'm mm-hmm. Just thinking too, cause we live, um, <clears throat> there is a, I'm not going to say the name, but it's a national retailer. Um, like right by one of our local high schools. And so of course, after school, like that's like the magnet, oh, right. Yes. they have like a Starbucks mm-hmm. inside and all the things. Oh, uh-huh. And so, It's always interesting to me, like if I happen to run in there and there's like, you know, it's flooded with high school kids, how different groups of kids portray themselves in public. And now I'm wondering, well, maybe the kids that are, quote unquote, the loud, obnoxious, the causing the, quote unquote, problems, maybe nobody just explained to them these Mm -hmm. kind of pragmatic rules and types of situations. And I'm like,
2: wow. Yes. And that, that actually is one of the, the kind of domains of pragmatic language presuppositions. So basically it's thinking about how other people see you when you respond a certain way or when you behave a certain way, you know, you're not only thinking about what, what, you know, what are they Thinking, but what are they thinking about me? Right. So, you know, to being able to do that reflective piece and, and see beyond just your point of view is a yeah. big thing.
0: <laughs> and if that isn't like if I don't inherently kind of have that and it's not modeled for me at home because Mm -hmm. maybe that's not like a big thing, but then I go out in a professional setting or, Mm -hmm. you know, I want to get my first job Mm -hmm. and nobody has kind of showed me the differences. Mm -hmm. I could see where that would be a huge,
1: I think it's a huge. And I think even as a society, we've kind of allowed it. Like I think like Twitter and even just like, I have the guilty pleasure of watching like Real Housewives, and it really is just all about them. You know, it's just they're allowed to do things that we would never even dream of doing. That filter Mm -hmm. is not there. So then you have kids who are growing up Mm -hmm. like that and seeing, you know, and like you said, they may not know, like, oh, when I go to to get Starbucks or whatever, that maybe I shouldn't be, you know, hitting stuff or talking really loud or, you know, my music's out where everybody can hear it, you know, that.
0: Well, and how many like TikTok challenges are set up by these TikTok influencers that are like set up so that they have success because they have the resources and the background and the contacts to do it. Right. But then you have just, you know, the regular teenager who Mm. tries to pull it off (laughs) without all of that in the background and it becomes this huge thing. right? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Wow.
2: (laughs)
0: That have you so seen a lot
1: of, and this is not a question that, you know, I just kind of came up as we we're talking about social media. Have you seen a, an influence in, I guess, maybe the school age children that you work with as far as like their language development or or even the executive functioning, pragmatic language skills?
2: I No, I
1: can't say that I have,
2: um, but a lot of them are not, well, I would say a lot of them are not into it that way that way right but you know even kind of similar the youtubers um Mm. yes the different especially the youtubers Mm -hmm. that do the the
1: game things uh, you know the game tutorials yes Yes. where you're really just watching them play a game and they're narrating it yes okay and
2: um and then of course we have things like the, the kids who think those are their friends because they watch that mm-hmm. so frequently. And then we have to talk about the differences between mm-hmm. a true friend right. and just someone that you watch every day or week yeah. or whatever, you know, and it's so that part is definitely there. It's skewing things.
1: Right. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: I can see that. That's interesting. Yeah. No, I just... uh-huh. And how much more is it gonna skew? That's my right. like yes. ah! right. wow. I really do. I'm I'm floored. I cannot like I wish every kid would have access to at least, you know, maybe some early education right. speech, like kindergarten, yeah. Yeah. first grade, something like that. And then as a teenager, to just get like those kind of more professional, social, pragmatic. Skills yes. just to be introduced to those concepts. Mm-hmm. I think that would be a game changer think for so. a lot of kids. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm pleased
2: by before leaving the schools, I could see how that kind of shift with the social emotional learning and, yeah. and counselors trying to touch mm-hmm. on a lot of those areas. Yeah, but um, it it goes deeper and. Yeah. Typically, you know, if you see that impact on your child where, oh, we're trying these things, but we're not seeing improvement. And most times I I see that a lot of parents will say, I'm trying to help them socially, like I'm trying to help them share Mm -hmm. or take turns Mm -hmm. or, you know, be able to initiate with peers. Um, And then I'll hear we've tried all of these things, but I'm just not seeing the improvement. That's typically when. I would suggest, oh, you may want to look at Some if there's services. something going yeah. on. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times, even the the evaluations for um, executive function skills, for pragmatic language, a lot of it, a lot of the information comes from parents. And then just from play, just getting into a yeah. situation where I can see what are you, you know, what kind of conversation right. are we going to have? What kinds of stories can you tell me? Can you elaborate and give me additional information? So again, as I'm going, you can see a lot of it goes back to language. And a lot of times once I see, oh, this is, I I can see a difference here. This may be something that we can work on. It's not that the child has a language disorder necessarily, but there are definite differences. Whereas in the schools we couldn't say oh I see a difference in his pragmatic language we're going to work on that but as a parent you can come to a private SLP and say I'm noticing these differences can you do an assessment and see if there's something that we need to work on and so that that's what I like about that part is you because it's it's going to benefit the child right. yeah. but you know we we miss that because you don't have a disorder in the schools so um, that I, I like that part about the private um, venue. Yeah. So.
0: <laughs> and too, I think sometimes kids may be overlooked because I was just thinking their that too. speech challenges or issues are almost rewarded in classroom settings because maybe they're quiet mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. maybe they have a processing delay so they can't you know, process it out as much. And so they're not as verbal, they're not as loud, Yes, you know? And so, I mean, you know, the old saying the squeaky wheel gets the yes. grease. Mm-hmm. And so if you have mm-hmm. a kid who processes way too quickly and has all the impulsive mm-hmm. yes. issues, they may be kind of overshadowing the kid that, you know, has a, Thirty right. second delay or a fifteen exactly. second delay can make a big mm-hmm. it difference. Can. Yes,
1: or we if it's not presenting, right? Yes, and <laughs> yes, like, oh, yeah.
0: Let, let's mm-hmm. wow, For sure. So, okay. Um, so, what activities would you suggest that parents can easily try at home to help <clears throat> promote the development of more effective language and communication skills to support not just their academic process but also their social emotional progress? A lot
2: of things that parents are probably doing already, but it's doing them more intentionally. Okay. So if you're cooking together, being able to discuss, you know, the steps of what you're doing and then afterwards talking about What did we do? You know, why did we do this? And what Mm -hmm. happened after this? So all of those things that you're already doing, because that's one thing I always focus on, which I, I will sometimes send homework and practice this. It's something new. But doing those naturalistic things that you're already doing and i find that most parents are doing the right things and you know by the time they come to seek out speech therapy it's like oh we're i'm just not seeing the progress i don't know if i'm doing the right thing most times they are doing the right things it's just being really intentional about what you're trying to address um during stories most times if you think about story time most times a parent is reading the story. And so sometimes just going with those pictures and tell me a story based on these Mm. pictures, but you not doing the reading, you just allowing your child to tell the story and then to see, because in this respect, sometimes I'll ask, parents you know what is his storytelling ability like and then they can say well he can tell me about what happened well sure you know a lot of kids can Mm -hmm. but can he tell a story with details and and so they're like I don't know you know and so it's like okay well go back when you read this book tonight you don't read but let him tell the story um things like um think of a good example but a lot of those going shopping and talking about the process of where do we go first? Where, where are we going to go next? You know, what are the things we need to get, you know, talking about why would we not get the freezer items first? You know, things, <laughs> yeah. Simple things like that. Where... To help them
0: organize exactly. those kind of thoughts mm-hmm. in their brain. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's really fascinating. That is. And so for teens or maybe older kids, what are some things that parents can do?
2: Well, They're, like maybe course, the same
0: type of thing. Yes, like just very similar
2: kinds of things. Um, of course, you know, we all talk about the planners and, yeah. and most times when you think about a planner, you're talk, thinking about writing down what the teacher said for homework, mm-hmm. but getting going further and thinking kind of like journaling and thinking mm-hmm. about what this is what we did today. What do I need to do for the rest of the week, not relying so much on the teacher to take you step by step? And what do I need to do for the rest of the week to be ready for this class? And I I think that's it. I have to do that even with my senior, you know, who she's just kind of waiting for. Well, there's nothing to study today. There's no homework today. Right. Like, okay, <laughs> Free day. There, there may not be homework, but what could you do to get ready right. for the rest of this week? Yeah. And and it's like, oh, but she didn't tell us to do anything. I know. But what could you, you do, do to get ready for the rest of this week? I, and then she's like, oh, well, I could do this, but you know, and, and and I get like teenagers. They're not trying to be ahead. Right. They're not trying to, uh, you yeah. know, but a lot of that prioritizing piece. And we have to talk a lot about um, planning ahead. That's one thing that I really notice. Um, It may be like, let's say we're going for on a trip for the weekend, but all these things are happening during the week. And then she might think about it Friday. Oh, I need to watch right, yeah. (laughs) And it's like, (laughs) But we're leaving tomorrow. Tomorrow right. is the weekend, yeah. and so just being able to plan ahead, thinking, okay, today is Sunday or Monday, I when, need to get on because some this. people yeah. Sunday they're like, I'm not trying to start the week, right? But, you <laughs> know, Sunday or Monday. Yeah, now's the time, and let's think about how the week plays right. out, and let's plan ahead. What do you need to do? So, um, moving from you know, of course, there are just the daily calendars but then moving to I really love like the seven day if you can look at the seven days Mm -hmm. together and plan ahead what
0: what needs to be Mm -hmm. done um I feel like (laughs) as a parent to I have three kids two are men two are boys (laughs) and I feel like I've been reading this book called Fair Play by Eve oh I forgot her last name anyways but it's a it's just like on the um the cultural like labor division uh, gender labor division, okay, and I feel like like hearing you speak are things that a lot of partners and relationships could benefit from, because I feel like when we get older and especially women when we get married, we end up shouldering a lot of that planning yes. mhm, you know um like a um an example would be like I can think of like for my teenagers, like doing pragmatic languages, we took a trip over Christmas and I just happened to see, and I don't watch the news a lot because I have to, um, it either makes me mad or makes me sad a lot <laughs> yeah. of times, but I just happened to catch that while we were going to be gone, it was going to be really cold. And so I was like, Oh, we need to like put the covers on the faucets right. and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so like, just even saying that out loud, Or involving my kids in that process to, like, start looking ahead for those types of tasks that take Mm -hmm. up so much mental energy. Yes. I feel like my, like, just to do my future kids as partners a favor, (laughs) Uh like, teaching them this stuff, like, how to plan ahead, how to look at, you know, not just, oh, everything's done today, but how can I be nice to myself tomorrow? right? Mm -hmm. You know?
2: And I I feel like that's so true because we do even and of course we all do it, but we look at these things when they're not done and we're like, Oh well that's just a teenager or that's just he's too young or and it's like, Well, really, they're not. They're not we can build these skills now so that when you're older that these don't become challenges. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. And just
0: like helping to shoulder some of, some that, of that load. Yes. yes. Especially, you know, if you have kids, it just like in that book, there's a, a thing where like for new parents of um, male and female couples, new parents, I don't know if they did, or whether they were the same sex couples that had new kids
1: uh-huh.
0: or were new parents, but the males day got about 40 minutes longer And the females day, like,
1: didn't stop. (laughs) Five hours, 10 hours. It was like five hours, I think. Yeah, I'm sure. And Mm -hmm. so
0: it was like, man, like, as I feel like as women, like, Mm -hmm. we've been kind of raised to just automatically shoulder a lot of that. Mm -hmm. But teaching kids of every gender and every, however you identify these planning skills Gosh, just
1: relationship-wise in the future, it's it's so beneficial. I mean... It's just, yeah, work hard. What is it? Work smarter, not harder? Exactly. You know, and Mm -hmm. just, and like you said, too, that even with the language skills, practicing these things now, practice makes permanent, you know. saying it out loud and getting Mm -hmm. them involved
0: and... Oh, well we got to do this now because in the spring we need this right? and you yes. know or whatever it is. Just mm-hmm. like those life skills or I'm going to put all of the insurance cards here because I know if we have an emergency I don't want to be searching, searching for, for them, right? Mm-hmm. Insurance cards. Yeah. And just like pragmatically saying those things out loud. Mm-hmm. I never thought of that, but yeah. wow, what a great skill.
2: Yes. And even you know, we use a lot of that self-talk. Um, and and then so when once you start that skill of speaking out loud, yeah. and, you know, then you have to teach the listener to pick up on that because we're also, you know, you're used yeah. to someone directly. Taught, speaking to you, but there are so many subtle cues that happen throughout the day, and if you're missing all of those, yeah. then you're, you know, you're yeah. kind of disconnected from it all. So just being able to learn to pick up those subtle things that, oh, mom, put this here so that I know the next time this is where, where I, I need find to put it, it. instead of it mom, where is the right where are
0: the insurance card? <laughs> right. Boy, that's a teacher skill. Yeah, <laughs> that's like. Day numero uno. We're learning where things are. And, and I think teachers probably are more cognizant of that because we have 20 plus Mm -hmm. bodies asking us the same thing over and over, but that's like a huge teaching piece. Mm -hmm. And the first days of school of just how are we going to do stuff? (laughs) Routines
1: and expectations. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And you know, no, you don't get up and sharpen your pencil. (laughs) Right. And you know, and the, the science books are kept over here. Like just all of those, all of things. those things, but just as a parent, it's like, yeah, like verbally saying, I'm going to put this here. So next time, you know, you can put it back instead of me just expecting them to pick up on those cues that I don't say mm-hmm. guilty of that attention a million and, times. And, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> and whereas I'm one of those, I'll speak things aloud. And just recently my husband said to me, I'm I'm finally picking up. We we've been married 20 yeah. what 22 years and he said, I'm finally picking up on the things that you when you say those things out loud, like I'm picking up that it means an action. Right. Right. And I'm like, "Wow." <laughs> I you know, and I I really did initially I assumed that he picked up on those and so of course, I was like, oh, I didn't teach you to read those cues <laughs> yeah, right. when I'm putting them out there. So it's it's very interesting because there's so many things we just don't think about it. They either happen innately or they don't happen and we kind of accommodate for it. You and know, so
0: I so- just had a thought too, like, what about like managerial coaching. Cause I'm thinking, cause we've all, like I've worked for people who are really good at leading teams and expressing their like mission and the task and delete, you know, right. and I've worked for people where it's just like, uh-huh. you know, but I'm sure if you ask them directly, like, what's your vision for this team, they would have one. Right. But nobody else really seems to know about it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I wonder how many how? like just professionals Yes. Could use some services yeah. for that type, you know, to mm-hmm. how to, what am I trying to say? How to let other people know your cues yes. and how to get your vision across and,
1: you know, what your meaning, your meaning's clear. Mm-hmm. I know. Because if yeah. you think about it, people who are promoted into leadership positions are good at their job. Doesn't necessarily mean they're good at leading people leading you know and so mm-hmm. how do we get that so they can bring those two things together yeah you know? yes. so that's
0: really fascinating i had no clue that it was i this know. deep <laughs> I, you know
2: i think that's the one thing that i love about the profession is that it's so wide and so it, yeah. when i have students asking like how did you get interested I don't really know how I got interested in speech pathology because truly I was, I was originally biology pre-med oh, and wow! for the longest time I said, I want to be a pediatrician. And then at one point I just decided, I don't think I want to be a pediatrician anymore. And it's like, that just, it seemed so repetitive. You know, once you started getting into, oh, I'm close to the point, I was like, well, I guess it was my sophomore year. And um Like, I don't think that's what I want to do. And so when I talked to my um, um, advisor, he suggested um, a sign language class at the time. And I was like, okay, you know, and because he was kind of guiding me towards physical therapy. And then he was like, well, what if, why don't you try this sign language class? And it's in the communication sciences and disorders um, department. And um, and I thought, okay, well, I'll try it. And so when I took that class, the professor also taught, I believe it was phonology. And so hmm. I was like, okay, well, maybe. And she she was really great, and she was like, oh, you know, you could try this next semester. And but they they weren't really pushing it. It was just like, think about this. Uh-huh. And so I took the phonology course. And when I signed up for the phonology course, I also decided to do, I believe it was like childhood language disorders or something. And that was what hooked me. Uh-huh. I was like, Oh, I like this. Yeah. This is really interesting. Yeah. And so between all of the different externships that I did, you know, I had to do a couple adults. adult sites, okay. stroke center, VA center, um, did a couple of children, so I worked with children with autism, worked with children with developmental disabilities. Yeah. And once I started thinking about just the the vast array of like I could work in a hospital, I could work in a school, I could work in, you know, in private clinic. There were just so many options that I was like, oh wow. So since then I'm I'm just I love research anyway. So I'm constantly researching different things and then I'm like, oh, I really like that. I really, you know, I can feel this. I think this is something that can be implemented. So in the schools, I was always trying to add in, you know, if I can fit this into this, you know, this is similar. Yeah. So I'll try to address this. And then, of course, it got to the point where oh, I could probably do a lot more in the private setting. So,
0: yeah, that's yeah. really
1: fascinating.
0: That's uh-huh. so cool. That is cool. So we all need speech, <laughs> yes. basically, is what we've well, learned. Well, I today. mean,
1: it's, you think about it, it's all like through all walks of life. Like my seventy-six-year-old mm-hmm. father goes to speech therapy. Yes. He was a, a brain tumor survivor, and so mm-hmm. you know, just that ongoing, um, you know, especially with his vocal cords and everything, he had to have. Uh, surgery on on there so even just relearn and he was a broadcast uh journalist before all this so it was a huge um undertaking but just seeing that and then my 11 year old son and then um just even students i think about over the years you know Mm -hmm. i just i can still remember one student was someone was saying I'm being sarcastic and I had another student who was in speech and he said I haven't learned that skill yet. <laughs> you know, it was just very matter of fact like he wasn't embarrassed and I thought, wow, this is this you know, yeah. he just was so self-assured and everything and so I just think you're right. Everybody does need speech.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you know. And I'm even thinking too like how like I like professionally, like I'm like I'm gonna look into that. Just Mm -hmm. because I feel like I get super passionate about things, Mm -hmm. and I can go eight thousand miles a minute, and I don't know when to shut it off. Yes. And how do I kind of rein that in to have more impact, more positive impact? Uh You know, Uh type of thing. It's like, man, forget Toastmasters. I need to go to you know because that's (laughs) what I was saying. I was like, well, maybe I need like better public speaking. Right. But Uh I don't think it's about the public speaking. I think it's it's about organizing my brain in such a way Mm -hmm. that these point, you know, the main points come across. That is, I am floored. (laughs) And like I said, I've been around speech paths for two decades, you know. Uh And
2: I think most people think about speech and language. And, yeah. and they think about it in a very narrow term. Right. Articulation. Yes. That's, how do we say these sounds? Yeah. Or stuttering. Yeah. You know, yes. oh, let's work on fluency. Or, you know, language. You might think, oh, his he needs help with vocabulary or yeah. forming sentences right. or something. Explaining things. And But then there's so
1: much more.
0: Yeah. Wow.
1: Wow. That... <laughs> Well, that kind of leads me to my <laughs> next question. Um, thinking about conversation and and, and uh, talking with people, if you could have dinner with anyone in the world, who would it be and why?
2: That is such a good question.
1: <laughs> I kept I, as I was kind of preparing
2: some talking points. I was like, how would I answer this question? <laughs> I I honestly before this, um, I was thinking. Barbara Walter, I would love to oh, sit down with yes. Barbara Walters and now,
1: of course, I'm right? Like, oh,
2: well, you can no. still be yeah.
1: <laughs> alive just, or yeah, not alive. I, yeah. not,
2: I think that she would be truly fascinating. Yes. Just the people that she's interacted with and interviewed and the way she stays so neutral mm-hmm. during her interviews. Just, I, I would yeah. love to just those kinds of people, I just think are so fascinating, even like a Oprah Winfrey, right? Yeah, you've come in contact with so many different people. And I know there are people that you had to disagree with. Right. And you know, in the when you think about those people, I'm just like crawling inside, like, I don't think I could sit and have a conversation with you and not come across that I dislike you
1: right as much as I do
2: <laughs> but they do it so well and of course I know they're journalists but they do it so well yeah. I would just love to hear their take on so many different people that, that I've seen
0: them interview yeah. yeah and how they got like how did you manage to get access to all those rooms you know right what well, people
1: want you to yeah. interview them You're You're probably the top
0: one percent of people that have had that kind of access to literally anyone. Anyone, Mm -hmm. and And you kind of get
1: a like fifty for one. I mean, because you're getting all their Mm -hmm. all their touches they bring to you. So
0: yeah, that's a good
1: answer. That is (laughs) is a good one. A
0: plus. (laughs) Um, Our next question that we like to end with, so we hear a little bit and learn more about you as a person, instead of just your professional side, is if you could take a dream vacation anywhere, and money was no object, time was no object, where would you go and why?
2: I would probably go to Greece. And really, for no reason other than Seeing those picturesque scenes, I would just—it just, so yes. just seems so peaceful, yes and just seems like a place that you know you could just sit and lose yourself into the surroundings. Yes, and I, I think that would be really nice.
0: I think of Greece, and I think of that show that I would watch as a kid: the Caviar Wish or Champagne Wishes and Caviar. Oh, oh my God! The, I the, lifestyle about the of famous. the rich and famous. <laughs> yes. They would like show people from there, like. Mm-hmm. Just, like, worry-free on the gorgeous, like... Yeah, cause. I'm just thinking the water
1: just always looks so, yes. like, blue yes. and just, like, deep Christine. lagoon. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay. What yeah. was that guy's name? I can't remember. Oh, I know. Robin and Leach? I think yeah, it was, was Robin Is that it? Leach. Yeah. And then we've had
1: the Rolls Royce. Yes. And, like, uh-huh. a big mansion. Yeah. yeah. I, I love like that show. We need to bring that back. back. We need, we need to bring that back. I guess we kind
0: of had MTV Cribs. We
1: we have. <laughs> and social media. And social media. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that's pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to add Greece to places too. <laughs> I always get ideas when people, our guests mm-hmm. share that because mm-hmm. I right now my place would be Paris just because I finished wow. watching Emily in Paris and I just. I
0: love that show. I
1: just love.
0: <laughs> I want to be Emily in too. Paris. Yes.
2: <laughs> We're considering a Paris trip for mm-hmm. my seniors. Graduation oh graduation trip. oh that's mm-hmm. awesome that, would be, that would be amazing we we actually have two who are seniors this year so oh, wow. a senior in college and a senior oh, in high wow. school <laughs> and we were hoping they would want to go to the same place but one wants to go to new york and one wants to go to paris so we're trying to decide
1: yeah, if we to, to do. Yeah,
0: uh, will you stop in New York? for <laughs> <that> <laughs> Yeah, and then yeah, there you go, and then,
1: yeah. Yeah, go. That's, and then come that's back. What we've been yeah. thinking yeah.
0: maybe, and
2: we even thought if we drive to New York and stay there, and then get a cheaper flight. Yeah, that's true. New York.
1: Oh, that's a not bad idea, and you'll make memories in the yes. car.
2: And
0: uh-huh. <laughs> we took our kids to New York City for Christmas. That was our Christmas present. Uh-huh. And what was really cool about it. Is watching them like navigate them, us around the city, like with the subway system, right. and the buses, and mm-hmm. you know, the Google Maps and walking. And it was like, okay, they're gonna be all right. Right. They know how <laughs> they to know do how this. To get, yeah. You know, and uh-huh. just like, cause you don't, I don't know, I guess as their mom, like I'm always,
1: like, Well, you're the one who I'm, navigate yeah, everybody I'm around. trying
0: to, you know, prod them along. But just being in an environment where none of us were familiar with it.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: then, like, it was, like, they were just as much involved in the process as we were. Right. And watching them take the lead and figure stuff out. It's like, oh, this is so cool. That was yes. the best part about it. And, and
2: and it is so interesting because of course in New York, like you know, eight-year-olds are right at yes, the subway right. by themselves. And we're like, how does
0: that work? Yeah. They can do it. Yep. So. You know, it was because when we first got there, um, my husband has a um an aunt in Queens, and we were staying around Times Square. Um, and so we thought, well, we'll just take a car service to see her. And like the second day when we got ourselves acquainted with the subway system, we're like, we were idiots for paying that. It was like a hundred bucks to take us to, to Queens. It's like, we were idiots. We could have paid like five bucks, 12 bucks (laughs) for all of us on the subway in less time. Oh, wow. It would have gotten us there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I'm like, okay, we were idiots. We'll never do that again. But you know, just kind of, but just watching them adult, Mm-hmm. through a different lens for me. It was really cool. i hope it. And it was like, oh, that's really neat. You know, yeah, they're going to be okay.
2: <laughs> yeah. We always want to know yeah. that. Yeah. Can you navigate this? Yeah.
0: Can you figure this out? <laughs> you know, and we had an incident where <laughs> I read the subway thing wrong. It was totally my fault. And we didn't think about it beforehand. And I'm like, okay, oh, I think this is our stop. And we got up and the kids heard me. And they jumped off, and it was like, "Oh wait, no, we're on the wrong side of the <laughs> oh, platform." No. And the door shut. And my oh. one of my kids was on the other side, and I'm like, ah, oh my gosh!" And my daughter banged against it, and he, Smith banged against it from the outside. And the conductor must have seen him because she opened the doors oh, up, good. and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and I felt oh, so bad. And then this mom looked at me, and she goes, and she was older than I was, and you know, she's like, "It's happened to all of us. It's okay." (laughs) And I'm like, "Thank goodness." Let's talk about what we do if one of us gets
1: separated from us. (laughs) You know. Yeah. Oh man. (laughs) I mean,
2: what? What? There are a few places that you would. Yes. Panic. That that is. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. But that
1: you know
0: what? He city. was like, "It's a. I just want to stay there, Mom. until you guys came back. He's like, "I have my phone," and I'm like, "Okay, all right. Well, that's what we'll do. If any of us get separated, you you stay in your spot,
1: you know, and, and we'll, we'll come, come back. to you. Yeah.
0: Gosh. Uh, we panic, and
1: we yeah. are like, "I got this. Yeah. Oh my goodness, I'm I would have like, panicked, though too. You know, and
0: you see those movies where like. You oh, know, the yes. one person jumps on the subway and the doors close, and they and it's like <laughs> you never see them again. Uh-huh. So, but it was a great trip and a learning experience for right. all of right. us, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, this was really a great conversation. Yes, it was. Thank I was you. Say, I thought
2: I was going to be nervous, and but you guys are great.
1: Oh, well, you we, we know what? We try. We, we do, we, we do, we do. And you know, I think for both of us, we're we're so into like we talked about the whole child experience that anytime mm-hmm. we can connect with someone whose expertise is outside of our areas, it just really helps us to see, you know how how can we improve? It. And I think just having these conversations really kind of gets these ideas out here. You know, Mm -hmm. I know know, we have our listeners and we just are really trying to get this conversation going and seeing if there's a way that we can change how education is done so that it does benefit the whole child. So we appreciate you so much being on our show. Yeah. Definitely my pleasure. Yes. Yes.
0: We'll have to come back around. We have to do like an anniversary tour. I think we will. We will have to do that. Because we've had great guests. Yes. From all different, you know, areas and background. health and SEL. Mm-hmm. And, and truancy. Truancy. And, like, and I mean, and just like stopping back in for a checkup. Yeah, uh, I think so. Do like a tour.
1: A tour. A tour. Tour day
0: late registration. That's right. <laughs> well, hopefully by
2: then, dynamite speech will be up to new things that we yes. Yes.
1: talk about. Yes. Well, it's. <laughs> It's been a great service for my family. So I was oh, more than great. happy to, to have that. you on here. But yeah. yeah, so this is The Late Registration. I'm Ashley. And I'm Michelle. And we're signing off. We
0: never know. How to... I, know. I never know. How to... What do we say at the end? I don't know. I don't
2: know. <laughs> oh, it's not always the same.
0: This has been a Two Profesh production. Have a ridiculous, funny, or horrifying story to share? We want to hear it email us, your side of the story at thelaterpodcast at gmail.com. That's L-A-T-E-R podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen. Until next time, stay safe and stay profesh.